Welcome to the Travel Therapy Mentor Podcast, your number one source for travel therapy information and education, hosted by travel physical therapist duo Jared and Whitney. Join us every other week on Facebook Live to learn about a new travel therapy topic or listen to the replay right here on our podcast. If you're new to travel therapy and ready to get started, contact us to get connected with the travel therapy recruiters and companies we recommend by visiting TravelTherapyMentor.com slash recruiters. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com slash recruiters. If you're ready to remove the guesswork and jumpstart your travel therapy career, let us teach you step-by-step everything you need to know to get started and to be financially successful as a traveler by enrolling in our comprehensive travel therapy course titled Becoming a Financially Successful Travel Therapist. You can visit TravelTherapyMentor.com course and use the discount code TRAVEL to save $150 on our course. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com course and the discount code is TRAVEL. And if you're looking for the best way to get your CEUs online as a traveler who's always on the go, you can use our discount code to get the best rate on an annual MedBridge subscription, which is where we get all of our online CEUs. Use code FIFTHWHEELPT, that's F-I-F-T-H-W-H-E-E-L-P-T, for the discount, all one word. And last, if you're interested in getting started with credit card hacking to take advantage of free or low-cost travel like we do, check out our top credit card recommendations for travelers at TravelTherapyMentor.com credit. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com credit. All right, and now on to this week's episode. Welcome to another Travel Therapy Mentor video. Tonight we're going to be giving an update on our trip so far. Um, it's been over three weeks, I think almost four weeks now since we made a video, which is the longest we've gone uh, between making videos for like three years now. So um, an update on the trip, things have not gone according to plan, um, but we kept things purposely very flexible knowing that things would probably not go according to plan. So um, I'll give you guys a little update on that. So Whitney's going to introduce us and I'm going to get this video shared in a couple different groups. All right. Hey guys, um, probably a lot of you that are tuning in for this are familiar with us um, and follow along with us. But for those that may not be, my name is Whitney Aiken. And I'm Jared Cazazzo. And we're both traveling physical therapists. We've been travel PTs for about seven years now. Um, we spend quite a bit of time traveling for fun as well as for work. Um, we take big gaps between travel therapy contracts to travel both domestically and internationally. Um, and so right now we're on a trip in Latin America. Um, as we alluded to, we're actually in Guatemala right now. Um, and so our trip is supposed to be about, I think like 10 weeks or so, like two and a half months. Um, and we've been gone for almost four weeks now. I think today is like day 25 or 26. Um, so it's kind of crazy how quick time flies by. Um, but yeah, we want to give you guys some updates. We've been a little bit quiet about our trip the last week or so, and we wanted to fill you guys in on why that is and kind of what's been going on. Um, so thanks for those of you guys that are tuning in live. Hey, Ali. Hey, Nick. Hey, Than. Hey, Thomas. Hey, Armad. Hope you guys are having a good night. Uh, I know it is Friday night, which is kind of a random time for us to do a Facebook Live. We usually um, try to do them on Sunday nights when more people can tune in, but with our travels the way they are right now, this was the best evening for us to do it, where we feel like we have pretty decent Wi-Fi at our current Airbnb. 
Um, if you guys could just let us know in the comments if you're watching live, um, is the volume okay? Um, is our connection okay? Are we breaking up at all? Please let us know. Um, we'd also love if you'd say hello in the comments and let us know um, kind of how long have you been following our journey. Are you um, somebody who's been around for a long time back in our fifth wheel PT blog days? Are you kind of a newer follower? Let us know. Um, and also I know a lot of you guys will probably watch this on the replay because it is a Friday night, which is random. And shout out to those of you guys that'll listen later on the podcast. But appreciate you guys tuning in. Nick said the uh, connection is all good. Hey Nick, hope things are, are good. We actually got to see Nick, which we'll talk about in a little bit um, at the beginning of our trip. Um, Ali says it's lunchtime Saturday here in Australia, surviving the flooding right now. I didn't I didn't know there was flooding going on. There's lots yeah. of crazy stuff going on in the, in the country or in the world. I'm sorry, right now. Um, I knew you wanted to say something about that. I guess we could just throw that out there now. Just we've been thinking a lot about Ukraine and everything that's been going on. Yeah, there's so much crazy stuff happening, but you know, I think <clears throat> I think there was always crazy stuff happening. We just didn't get to see it as much now, and it's uh, it's hard in the digital world, like constantly seeing things going on all over the world that you don't have any. You can't really have much impact on, but it still definitely affects you negatively, and we feel uh, feel really bad for people in Ukraine right now. Yeah, it's really scary. Um, we were listening to some of the reports, and they were talking about refugees fleeing the country, going to Poland, and that was just like, wow, like we've been to Poland, you know, we've been to the Czech Republic, we've been really close to there. Um, we haven't personally been to Ukraine or Russia, but we know lots of people have traveled there for tourism, and it's the year 2022. It's kind of scary to think about places like that just being under attack and bombs and shooting and so our hearts really go out to the people in the ukraine um and we'll all just kind of see how this unfolds in europe um, and in the world in general but um with that said you know we're trying to dip our toes back into international travel um we've been to i think this is our 32nd country that we've 32nd been to Second country yeah most um, of the other ones were in 2018 2019 prior to covid yeah, and so this this Latin America trip was like one of our first kind of like big trips to try to get back into this. Um, but as Jared alluded to, we wanted to keep this trip a bit flexible in terms of our planning because we had a big trip planned to Latin America in 2020. It was going to be five months long and we had about two or three months of it fully booked. All the hotels, Airbnbs, flights, buses, everything for the first couple months. And then obviously when COVID hit, um, we had to cancel all of it. And so with planning this trip, we wanted to keep it flexible in case, for example, there were restrictions that changed in the countries where um, maybe the travel restrictions changed and you weren't allowed to go. Or for example, if we got COVID and tested positive and weren't able to proceed, we wanted to make sure that one, we didn't have anything booked that like we couldn't cancel or wasn't flexible to change. Um, and also leading up to this trip, we were just kind of, there was a lot going on and we didn't book anything. We, we had almost nothing booked when we left. Um, so just a quick spoiler before we dive into telling you about our trip, we did get COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I guess probably uh, a week or two weeks ago, Whitney started getting a sore throat and she had a lot of sore throats in the last like three months or so. So we thought it was probably nothing. Uh, but we had to get tested to fly from Mexico City to Guatemala and found out she was positive. Around that same day, my throat started to get sore um, the day that she tested positive. So we ended up quarantining in Mexico City for an extra week uh, that we weren't planning. But yeah. it went very smoothly. Um, the quarantine process was not a big deal at all. We just stayed in our Airbnb and uh, 
So it wasn't ideal, um, but luckily we didn't really get that ill at all from it. It was mostly just sore throats. Yeah, but it definitely put a wrench in our plans and that's kind of why we've been like a little more quiet about our travels because we haven't been doing anything because we were just quarantining and just waiting for it to pass. So um, let's start from the top and just kind of tell you where we've been so far, what's been <clears throat> happening and then kind of what goes on from here. But yeah, that's the, the spoiler is that we got COVID. So we now have experience with that as well as being out of the country while having COVID, which was very interesting. And it um, it was kind of a good thing, I guess, that we didn't have stuff planned. Yeah. Maybe it was like an omen that we just didn't plan anything before. Well, we, we did have a flight plan that we had to cancel, but um, they were very flexible. They let us just rebook the flight later, and they didn't even charge us additional money to change the flight. And the flight that we booked later was more expensive, and they just gave us the same flight for the same cost. So uh, that was really helpful. So the airline was awesome with that. And uh, yeah, we hadn't booked an Airbnb because we, you know, knowing that we had to test and knowing that Whitney had a sore throat already, we were a little skeptical. So um, we just waited to book anything. Yeah. Um, Thomas says, I've been racking up lots of credit card points and miles recently, but I haven't redeemed any yet. I would love to hear how you guys utilize points to minimize expenses and optimize your travel experience. So we can definitely talk about that um, a little bit towards the end. We'll go over this trip and then we could talk a little bit about travel hacking in general. Um, if anybody has any questions as we're going through the video, please feel free to leave them in the comments and we'll answer them at the end. So the start of this trip, um, we just wrote an article about this, just kind of going over like the overview of what our trip is. We had a few things lined up that we had to work around this trip and we decided to string it all together and make it one long trip. So the first thing was CSM, which is the National Physical Therapy Conference. And this was the first time they were having it in two years. So CSM was in San Antonio, Texas. And we're from Virginia and we had wanted to go down to Latin America anyway, so we were like, maybe we'll just make our first stop, Texas, for the conference and then head on down um, to Mexico and Latin America from there. Now, our next stop, my mom wanted to go with us to Mexico. We had taken her on a trip to Mexico last year and she really wanted to go back. Um, so we were like, okay, we'll, we'll make our first stop, San Antonio, our second top stop, Mexico with my mom. Now, in a few weeks coming up, we also have um, Core Medical Group, which is one of those travel staffing agencies. They have um, a bonus trip that they offer every year, typically. Um, again, this is the first one in a couple of years because of COVID, um, where they'll take a bunch of their travelers who qualify on this free five-day all-inclusive trip. Um, and that's in the Cancun area of Mexico. So it's like, okay, we had Texas, we had one Mexico trip with my mom, a few weeks in between, and then another Mexico trip with core medical group. Yeah, tough life, I know. I know. So we were like, how can we string together these things and make it all one trip? So we were like, we'll go maybe a couple places with this three week gap um, in Central America. And then our plan after that is from the core medical trip group, uh, core medical group trip. Um, they call it Club Core Med. We'll go from there and go to a couple places in South America. So that's kind of the general overview. So we started February 1st, we left and we went to San Antonio. That's where we saw Nick. Um, so we got to meet lots of our um, travel friends and PT friends, some of our recruiters. Um, we we, sat, we stood at a booth at the conference and talked to people about travel therapy. That was awesome. Yeah, we spent <clears throat> a lot of time at the booth uh, at CSM pretty much the whole time that the exhibit hall was open. We were there talking to students and current travelers, mostly students that uh, a lot of them have absolutely no idea about travel and they're just trying to ask some questions, talk some, to some different companies and uh, learn if travel is going to be right for them. So we talked to uh, hundreds and hundreds of people and uh, CSM, they required masks, but uh, obviously being out and talking to that many people, we were, you know, we didn't know how that would go anyway, but 
Um, so we might have gotten sick there, but... Um, yeah, it's really hard to know with Omicron being so um, contagious to know yeah. where we picked it up. Because it was kind of like, uh, it was we had already been in Mexico for probably five days or so before Whitney had any symptoms. So we don't know if it was like on the plane or when we got to the resort we stayed at or if it was CSM and it just took a while. So. Yeah, and it was really weird. So, But anyway, CSM, they, they tried to make it as safe as possible. They required masks. Um, they required, I think, either vaccine card or testing um, to enter the conference. Um, but anyway, it was really good. I mean, we enjoyed it so much. It was so great to be back at a conference after not having been to one in a couple of years, except for uh, TravCon, but CSM had been canceled the last two year, or last year, I guess, because the, the last yep. CSM we went to was right before the pandemic started um, in February of 2020. But anyway, CSM was awesome. It was so great to connect with a lot of um, PTs and aspiring travelers. We were able to have a meetup, which was great. Um, so we really enjoyed it. So like I said, we went directly from San Antonio. Oh yeah, San Antonio was cool. We'd never been there. So we got to do a little bit of the touristy stuff in San Antonio. Um, went straight from there, met my mom in Puerto Vallarta, which is on the west coast of, of Mexico. Um, yeah. And this is actually our second time in Puerto Vallarta. Yeah, we were in Puerto Vallarta almost exactly a year ago. And um, Mexico is a beautiful place to go in the winter. We're from Virginia where it's cold. So um, February, January, that time of the year to be in Mexico is amazing. And uh, our favorite part of Mexico so far that we've been is Puerto Vallarta. So we stayed there for a week and uh, yeah, it was beautiful. Um, awesome resort there and uh, Whitney's mom really enjoyed it as well. Yeah, my mom is such a beach person um, so she was so happy to escape the cold. Um, but yeah, we were just really relaxing there just at the beach at the pool being super lazy um, and then about halfway through that week I started to get kind of like a sore throat and a little bit of congestion um, but I've been known to get like a lot of sinus infections and actually right before we left for the trip in like about the middle of January I'd had a really bad cold at that time um and i was afraid i had covid then so i got tested at that time and i didn't have it i tested negative um back then and then when i started to feel a little bit sniffly and like sore throat in puerto vallarta i just like was like well i guess it's the same thing i guess i just it's winter and i'm prone to getting this so yeah she was actually not as sick as she was three weeks before that so it was, uh, it was very strange it's very strange so i didn't really think much of it my mom wasn't sick jared wasn't sick um, my mom had to go ahead and get tested to head back to the U.S. Um, on our last day there and I had been feeling a little sick for like two or three days at that point. She tested negative, everything was fine, she went back to the U.S. Um, Jared and I headed on to Mexico City, Jared was fine and we only planned to spend like three days in Mexico City because we're not really big city people, um, it's not really our thing. And so we, we wanted to see Mexico City but we were just like, eh, whatever, like we'll see it and see a couple of the historic sites and then get out of there but we had to get tested to go to Guatemala. You don't have to get tested to go to Mexico, but to leave Mexico to go to Guatemala, we did have to get tested. And um, at this point I'd been feeling a little sick for like almost a week, just kind of a sore throat and congestion. And then sure enough, I tested positive and Jared tested negative. But later that same day that we got tested and they're like, oh my God, I have COVID. Like, I guess we're just gonna have to quarantine and stay an extra week or so. He started feeling sick too. And so weird that like it took him a week to get sick when I had already been sick for a week. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, it was very strange, and I never got any um, congestion really, no cough, nothing like that. It was just basically a sore throat. I think I had a fever for like literally like eight hours, and then that was gone. So um, I don't know. It was it's very so weird. very weird illness. We and that was the other thing is like 
you know how the symptoms and everything are just evolving with these different COVID strains. Like they never said sore throat was a symptom, but when I started Googling it, they were saying that a lot more people that had the Omicron variant were reporting a sore throat. Yeah. And that wasn't even really on our radar because I never had a fever or anything. And I was like, this is weird. Um, but sure enough, I tested positive. Um, and then Jared started kind of getting the same symptoms. So we were like, whatever, we'll just stay here an extra week, get over this. Um, and then a week later, we both tested negative. Um, this was like two days ago. Jared's starting to feel better. I'm back to 100%. Um, so we were like, okay, I guess, you know, we'll just try to go ahead and rebook and plan from here moving forward. But it really cut into our time because instead of just being able to like push everything back a week, we have that um, time limit where when Club Cormed is, um, it's on March 9th. So we were just trying to decide like what we would do. So basically we were originally gonna have 20 days to spend between Guatemala and Costa Rica. And then that got cut down to basically like 14 days or 13 days. So now we're basically just gonna have like a week, six to seven days in Guatemala and six to seven days in Costa Rica, which is still a good amount of time, but it's definitely making it more abbreviated. We don't like to move so often. Now we're gonna have to move like every three days, which is a little bit fast for us. Yeah, we learned on our first trip we did in 2018 where we went to a ton of different cities and countries for five months that uh, anything less than like four or five days in one area, like one Airbnb or hotel or whatever, um, starts to feel really rushed. So ideally, we you know we wanted to spend four or five days in each place, but now I think we're going to be spending about three days, which um, three days in four different places to try to still get the most out of it. And um, you know we'll just have to suck it up and um, you yeah, know, move it'll a little still, more often. It'll still be a fun experience. Um, we were just so bummed that like we knew that obviously it was a chance that we could always get COVID and have to quarantine somewhere, but we were so bummed it was Mexico City because we're just not big city people. No. And we were just like, we don't want to be here. I'd rather would have like quarantined in Puerto Vallarta and like look at the beach, right? Like we were just in these in the city and it was loud and we were just like, can we get out of here? Like, well, we, uh, we, know, we thought we were never going to leave Mexico City. Yeah, um, um, we thought that there was a possibility that what would happen is Whitney tested positive, I tested negative. And then we would quarantine for a week and I would test positive, she would test negative, we'd have to quarantine for another week. Uh, luckily that wasn't the case. So yeah. um, that was a good thing at least, but yeah, uh, Mexico City was not our favorite. It might be our least favorite place we've been in Mexico, but um, it's still it's still a great place to I mean, to it's, visit it's a see. cool place. Like they have lots of neat architecture and um, in some ways, so if you guys aren't familiar with Mexico City, um, we learned that it's actually the biggest uh, city in the Western Hemisphere. So it's the biggest city Huge. in all the Americas. It's bigger than New York City. It's bigger than Los Angeles. Extremely populated. Um, you can see the smog in the air. I've never, we've never been anywhere that you can see like haze in the air mm -hmm. where it looks like it's, even on sunny days, it kind of looks like cloudy and hazy. Um, so we're just, we don't really like that kind of thing. Yeah. So I mean, again, we didn't get to do everything that... Yeah, and obviously our experience is a little <laughs> jaded and... Uh, sure. Yeah. So there's definitely like lots of stuff to do there and I can see why some people like it because um, from what I can understand, it has different neighborhoods and like different boroughs, kind of like New York City. So if you're somebody who really appreciates that and likes New York City, you might really like Mexico City because it's like, um, you have like the historic district, but then you have some more like up and coming like posh areas where a lot of expats, like a lot of Americans and Europeans live. And then obviously you have some more local areas. Um, and you'll see like really fancy coffee shops 
but then like right outside the fancy coffee shop is like the little taco stand so yeah. you get like a good mix of a lot of stuff there again we're just not really big city people we don't like all the traffic and all the noise and all the people and it was fine but uh, obviously we spent the majority of our time in mexico city hold up in our airbnb yeah we chose an airbnb um in like near the historic area that we thought would be like a more touristy area um and we were very surprised it was actually like a really local area we were the only tourists that we saw in our area the whole time so the first few days we were there like walking around there was no other tourists there so that was kind of strange yeah but then we ended up having um when we were gonna <clears throat> stay for an extra week we ended up moving to a different airbnb that was closer to like where the testing center was because the day we went to the testing center to get our covid tests we realized that that area had a lot more international like expat american europeans and it was a little bit quieter and a little less hustle bustle so when we found out we had to stay longer we moved to an airbnb over there and it was a little calmer and it was closer to that way the, the next week when we had to go get tested again we could just walk um there so it worked out we made it out of mexico city um i don't know that we'll go back yeah. um i know there's a lot of people that really love mexico city but it just wasn't necessarily our jam and um covid really tainted our experience so. yeah so now we're in antigua guatemala and it's beautiful here um, I didn't really know that much about Antigua at all, but um, basically it's like a, a small town surrounded by volcanoes and one of the volcanoes is actively erupting and you can see like plumes of smoke come out of the volcano every five or ten minutes and it's, uh, it's really cool. It's beautiful here all around. Yeah, we um, when we did start doing, doing some research and um, we had asked another traveler that we knew that recently was here, they, they definitely recommended Antigua. And then from here, we're gonna be going to, I'm having trouble saying this, but I think it's Lake Atitlan, um, which is also supposed to be really gorgeous, a lake with small villages around it where it has a lot of indigenous people that live there. Um, it was funny, I was reading some reviews and they were like, you know, there's different villages around the lake and they were like, in this village, you might be lucky if people speak Spanish. And I was like, lucky if they speak Spanish? Like, I thought, you know, lucky if they speak English. They were like, no, lucky if they speak English or Spanish because a lot of them speak their local languages. So that should be a really interesting um, cultural experience. A lot yeah. of my, people of Mayan descent. Yeah, actually here, um, we did a tour today and the tour guide was talking about how most of the people here speak Mayan. Like, that's kind of their native language is, um, I guess, from the Mayan uh, ancestry, uh, the majority of the people around here. and. So that was interesting. He was teaching us some Mayan words, and um, so that makes things just a little bit more complicated. We're not that great at Spanish, and that's also not their native language. So, but, but we were really pleasantly surprised here in Antigua, Guatemala. Um, it's very touristy, so it's got like a lot of um, colonial architecture. It almost reminds me of like a little quaint European town in some ways. Um, it kind of reminds me also of this place that we went in Laos in um, Asia called Luang Prabang and it's that is like a little small pocket of colonial um, architecture where Europeans I think it was French maybe um, I can't remember if it was French or English came into Luang Prabang and, and built the little town there and so it looked like um, late 1800s early 1900s architecture and that's kind of how it looks here we're in this little quaint town in the middle of Guatemala but we have this colonial European looking architecture it's very beautiful Cobblestone streets. Yeah. Um, yeah but really the, cool. the funny thing is so many people speak English. In fact, more people are speaking English here than they did in Mexico City. Oh, by far. Mexico City <laughs> actually was pretty hard for us to get around. Um, like trying to schedule COVID tests and stuff like that was not easy there. There's not a whole lot of English speaking. 
So <clears throat> I guess because Mexico City is such a big city, they don't have, at least for the number of tourists there, there's way more local people. Whereas if you go to like Cancun or Puerto Vallarta or Playa del Carmen, um, where there's more tourists, they, uh, you know, the European tourists, American tourists speak English, so they speak English. Yeah, so I think with the tourism here, people are like, that's their main industry. So they learned to speak English in order to communicate with the tourists and be able to provide them um, tours and, you know, the food industry and the drink industry and all that. Um, so it's been really interesting. One thing I did want to mention, I forgot to say earlier regarding that, um, our experience in Mexico City. So when we found out that I tested positive for COVID, I was like, maybe I should go to a doctor, even though, you know, we, you know, we're healthcare professionals and we understand like, if you just have cold symptoms, you just take the same medicines you have for the symptoms. It's not like COVID's really any different in terms of the treatment. But I kind of was like, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe I should go see the doctor. Oh, also, I forgot to mention, I got what is apparently called a COVID rash. Don't know if any of you guys have heard of that. I certainly had not. Um, I got a rash on my leg the same day I started getting a sore throat and um, no idea what it was. It didn't itch or anything. It's just this red mark on my leg. That's kind of weird. It's super weird. And I still have it over two weeks later. Super weird. So all this, I was kind of like, maybe I should go see a doctor. So I start Googling all this stuff and trying to look up things. And we're asking our Airbnb host, is there, are there doctors here that speak English? And we were having so much trouble finding anywhere to go. And so luckily I remembered, I was like, oh yeah, I have telehealth on my health insurance, which I've never used telehealth before. I've never ever done that. And so I, I text our insurance representative, um, cause I'm on a private insurance plan. Parita, and I was like, Parita, how do I use this? And she was like, oh, just download the app. And so there's this app and I basically FaceTimed with the doctor and it was free. It's just included on my insurance. And I was like, this is so convenient. Like this is the best thing that's ever happened. Um, so that's definitely a little bit of a plug if any of you guys have access to telehealth on your health insurance or if you're thinking about switching health insurance, the one that I'm on has it. It's so, it was so helpful and it just really put my mind at ease because he just asked me about all my symptoms and just reassured me that, you know, the over-the-counter medications I was taking were fine. He explained to me about the COVID rash and said, like, don't worry about it. So that was really good. But yeah, we found that definitely challenging to be in another country. Luckily, we weren't sicker than we were. I mean, I guess we would have just showed up at the hospital and if we had been really, really sick and just hoped that someone spoke English. But um, yeah, I don't think if we if we had like any major medical issues we'd be traveling right now just because uh you know it would be scary to be in another country like if we'd been very sick there we would have been uh, a little more nervous for sure than being back home but you know after having found out about that area that was a little bit more expat friendly i have a feeling that it like if we had gone to one of the hospitals hopefully someone would have spoken english but um we've known people in the past that had to seek medical treatment in other countries and um, I think as long as you're in like a relatively touristy area, like they're usually going to have somebody who does speak English, but it's definitely um, a scary part about being, you know, traveling and not, not knowing if you were going to be sick. So just thought that was interesting, but yeah, telehealth was super, super helpful in that case. Yep. So anyway, back to talking about Guatemala. Um, so far, really beautiful. We're hoping to see that volcano erupt um, one night because I saw a video where you can see it at night and you can actually see the red coming, the lava coming out of there. I think that'd be really neat to do. So the hopefully red. The, the red lava, because during the day it just looks like puffs of smoke. You don't see the lava because it's so bright outside. So I'm hoping tomorrow night we'll be able to see that. Yeah, we looked tonight and um, I don't know if we just didn't look at the right time or, you know, I guess it's, it's obviously random when, when they have little eruptions, but um, couldn't really see anything like a glow or anything like that. Um, 
But yeah, we, there's like a lot of stuff that we could do in Guatemala that we may not end up doing. Like I know our friend Rayanne, who was here recently, she went on a guided hike up one of the volcanoes and it was like an overnight thing where you camp and you have a guide. Um, it sounded very interesting, but because of our time constraints and also because we just had COVID, we're kind of deconditioned. And so I really don't think we're going to do anything that um, adventurous <laughs> this time, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, we're just kind of keeping it simple, but we're happy to be here. And, you know, we've just heard wonderful things about Guatemala. So we're excited. Yeah. So we got about 10 more days or so, um, between Guatemala and Costa Rica, and then we're headed back to Mexico for the Cormet trip. So yeah, we'd love to hear from any of you. If, if any of you guys are going to Club Cormet, we know at least our friend, um, Nick, not the same Nick, different Nick is going to be there. Um, maybe Thomas, I'm yeah. not sure who else is going to be there. But um, yeah, if any of you guys are gonna be there, it's a pretty fun fun time to get together with some other travelers. Um, and then from there, we're hoping to go to maybe Peru and Colombia, but we have not planned any of that yet. So. Yeah, it's all gonna be spur of the moment, and uh, it's probably better that way anyway. It's, uh, it's exciting to get somewhere and not really know that much about the area anyway. Um, in 2018, we had everything, or I definitely had planned out almost every little detail of our trip, and it, one, it was time consuming, and two, it kind of took away a little bit of like the uh, spontaneous aspect of it, I guess. So um, I think it'll be better to do it this way, just in case any other issues arise or, you know, whatever happens. You never know these days. Yeah, there's, there's pros and cons to waiting to the last minute. One thing I really don't like about it is, so right after this video, we need to do a little bit of planning for Costa Rica um, because we don't have accommodations yet. Um, and some of the places in Costa Rica and Guatemala, it's a little bit complicated to get from A to B. You have to like take a shuttle bus and the roads are rough. So I need to do a little bit of research on that. And I don't really like being on the trip. Like we're sitting here in our Airbnb in Guatemala. We could be out doing something, but instead I'm gonna spend a few hours here in the room planning the next place. So I kind of don't like that part of waiting to the last minute. And also you're more limited on what accommodations are available. Yeah, also it's more expensive. We've definitely found that if you book, you know, four or five months in advance that uh, costs for Airbnbs and planes are much cheaper, but you know, that's really not feasible right now. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, there's pros and cons to both. Uh, we can remember being in Asia and like being on a bus to somewhere and watching the person in front of, in the row in front of us, like booking an Airbnb or booking a hostel on the bus ride to the city that we're going to. And we were like, Oh my God, that's so last minute. We feel like five days ahead of time is last minute, but I don't know. You know, if you're trying to plan a trip like we do, you'll find your groove and find what you like to do. The first trip we ever planned like this, we preferred to have it all completely planned out. Now we're a little more go with the flow, so. Yeah, the more we travel, the less scary it gets. Um, but the first one, I remember being very nervous and wanting to have everything planned out. Now, I, I know that things will work out, so it's not as big of a deal. Yeah, and I think also too, at this point in our lives, we have a little bit more financial stability than back when we first started traveling. Um, and we know that a lot of the other travelers that we meet are like really young backpacker people who are really on a budget. And so I think that's harder when you're really on a budget. Now it's like, well, if we have to pay 20 more bucks for an Airbnb, you know, it's not the end of the world, right? Um, so that helps us too, of having that extra financial stability. But we're really excited. Um, we're not gonna get to go to as many places this trip as our original 2020 trip. Um, back then we were gonna try to hit almost every country 
in Central and South America. This time we're probably only going to do about four countries, which for a lot of people is, is a lot, but we were hoping to do more than that. But it's okay, we're just excited to be dipping our toes back in to see a little bit of this part of the world. Um, and then we know maybe later this year or next year we'll get back down here and go to the other places we were able to see. Yeah, there's still a lot of places. I mean, the trip in 2020, uh, we probably won't do a trip like that ever again, I don't think. Um, it was just, we had a lot planned out and you just, uh, if we're going to embark for something that long, I want there to be a little bit more stability, I would say. Um, but it would definitely be nice later this year to maybe do another two month trip or two and a half month trip um, to see like Argentina and um, Ecuador and some of the places that we're not going to get to go on this trip. Um, I'd really like to go to El Salvador. Um, so there's a lot of places we still want to go in Central and South America. Yeah, we've heard such good things for many years um, about Central and South America. We've always heard that the people are very kind and we've noticed that so far. Um, the language is a little bit easier to get by on Spanish because a lot of us are familiar with Spanish. Um, it's definitely still pretty cheap and affordable and lots of beautiful places. So um, we're excited to be here and explore. Uh, I just wanted to touch on a lot of you guys might have questions about like maybe some of you guys have not done international travel since COVID. Um, it's a little bit trickier because every single country has different rules about getting in. So some of the countries require a vaccine card or a test or both. There are certain countries that won't let you come unless you have both. So for Guatemala, we had to have um, a test within 72 hours as well as having our vaccine. Um, there are some countries that don't have any requirements. So Mexico, Mexico has no requirements. Um, so most countries, I don't think require you to quarantine any longer when you get there and let, as long as you have the negative test, um, as far as we know. And then, you know, each country is a little bit different with masks. You know, m most of them it's only indoors is the rule. Some of them it's indoor outdoor. So you just kind of keep your mask on you at all times and just adapt to what the people are doing around you. But we haven't found that to be too big of an issue. No, and actually everywhere we've been so far, they've definitely worn masks inside. And then a lot of people are also wearing masks outside. So um, that's, that was Mexico City was like that. Guatemala's like that. Even uh, the beach area in Puerto Vallarta was like that. So... Yeah. Allie says that Australia just opened to tourists a few days ago. That's good to hear, Allie, because I know Australia, from what we understood, have been pretty strict up to this point. Um, we haven't researched every country out there, of course, but... Um, and they're all changing constantly. So yeah. if you're going to plan a trip or you're going to more than one country, you just have to research it, kind of plan it out, and uh, think about how you're going to get from one country to the next. and where you might be getting COVID tests done because we thought Mexico City, oh, there'll be plenty of places. And it was actually not as easy as we thought to like get everything registered. Um, we had to go through the airline to, to get a discount on the test and it was, uh, it was kind of a hassle. Yeah, um, and it can definitely be a hassle if they don't speak the same language as you. We found like one last earlier, let's see, what was it, 2021, we spent eight weeks in Mexico, but only in the tourist areas. We went to Cancun, Playa del Carmen, uh, Cozumel, and Puerto Vallarta. All those touristy beach areas, you could find a COVID test on any corner, just walk in, they spoke English. It was so easy, it was like 15 bucks. Um, but some of the areas that aren't quite as touristy, it's a little bit harder to get those tests. And I think that says something for maybe not hopping around quite as much to different countries. Um, maybe just pick one place and go there, or maybe two countries and go there that way you're not having to cross so many borders and follow so many different rules. 
Um, I definitely think it makes it a little more complicated to travel to multiple countries right now. Yep. So if you guys have any questions about our trip or about international travel or anything like that, feel free to ask those. We'll go through the couple questions we got. Yeah. Um, Thomas said, what is the Club Cormed thing you guys mentioned? I'm unfamiliar. Basically, Core Medical Group has a incentive trip where they try to incentivize people to stay with them throughout the year, take contracts with them, and uh, if you get a certain number of points, then you qualify for a trip to, um, it's Cancun, like a resort, really nice all-inclusive resort in Cancun that they pay for. So um, you get points for things like taking a contract, you get additional points for extending a contract, you get additional points if you like take a home health contract, um, you get points for referrals. So a variety of ways to earn points, and if you earn a certain number of points, then they pay for everyone to go to this resort and uh, hang out for, I think it's four or five days. Yeah, it's five, five nights, all-inclusive, um, which is fun. Like, we don't usually travel that way. We don't necessarily go to all-inclusives, but because you're there with a group of other travel therapists, travel nurses, and some of the recruiters that qualify to go, it's cool to just all be on the same property with um, included drinks and included meals. So you guys could all just be like, let's go to dinner together tonight. Or um, we went one other time, this is our second time qualifying um, or our second time going since COVID interrupted and canceled one of the trips. Um, so we would all just like hang out at the pool and drink and you got to know other travelers and um, it was super fun. So if any of you guys are interested in getting in contact with a recruiter at Core Medical Group, if that's something that interests you, feel free to send us a message. We'd be happy to get you connected. Um, so that you could learn more about the trip. Um, you know, it's like he said, it's an incentive. Like if you decide that CoreMed has the, the good jobs and the good pay packages that you like, and you decide to take contracts with them throughout the year enough to earn the points, then it is a great incentive. Yeah. Uh, one thing to mention about that is like we say with any kind of incentive like that, whether it's PTO or um, completion bonuses that are paid by the company, any of those bonuses or incentive things that they give you, that always obviously comes out of your pay package somehow, right? They have to keep separate money aside to pay for that later on. So just something to remember, it's not like anything's ever actually free. Um, so take that into account when you're choosing which company to work with, but we do enjoy the trip. Yeah, with that said, I do feel like um, Core does still pay They still pay decent, pretty well. Um, regardless of that, but if you are super financially savvy, like we are, and you want to know what's the fine print, they do tax you on the trip as though it was a bonus. So they set a dollar value for how much the trip might cost. So I don't remember what it's they got. It's pretty value. expensive. Like um, 3000 or something? I think it might have been more than that. I think uh, we ended up paying something like $1,200 in taxes on the trip. So So it actually would go, so if, so if you're like, say, an employee of theirs, you've taken contracts with them and earned the points, it'll go on your taxes as though they paid you a $3,000 bonus. So they gave you a free trip, they valued it about $3,000 and you'll get taxed on that. So just in case you're somebody who cares about the fine print, you are gonna have to pay some taxes on it, but it's still kind of a free-ish yeah. trip. And it's still super fun just to see other travelers there. Yeah, and it's well worth the taxes paid. Like the trip itself would, they value it based on what it actually costs. So I think yeah. it's, for two people, it's probably $4,000 or something like that, which, which would be how much it actually did cost for yeah. flights and for the resort. So anyway, yeah. but yeah, that's what it is. Okay, so Thomas wanted to know about um, how we're able to use credit card points and miles um, to minimize our expenses and optimize our travels. So we've been doing this for several years, um, and I'll let Jared tell you a little bit more about it. Yeah, um, we try to, try our best to use points and miles whenever possible, especially for the more expensive flights. So that's the big thing is, 
international flights can be very expensive. So any trip we've ever taken um, to Europe, to Asia, our flight there and back is always with points. And we kind of plan our trip a little bit up, uh, around where we can fly into and out of easily, because obviously we're very flexible. And um, so we can fly into say, you know, we're going to Europe, we can fly into Spain or Portugal, it's a little closer, the point value is less. And then we can plan things that way where we have the best value for our points. So we kind of plan that. Uh, the other thing we do is sometimes we'll use free hotel nights or hotel points in areas that are really expensive. So if an Airbnb might cost us $150 a night or something like that, say um, in a really expensive area, if we have free hotel nights or points that we can use instead, we use those then. Um, but if we're going somewhere that it's not that expensive, like Mexico is not that expensive, Guatemala, pretty much everywhere we're going on this trip is not really that expensive. I'm talking about more places like London, Paris, Amsterdam. Um, we'll try to use points strategically in those more expensive places and then not really use them and instead rely on Airbnbs and things like that um, in the cheaper places. So we kind of use it strategically like that. If, if there is a flight like that would be pretty expensive along the trip, um, then we can try to use points for that. But for the most part, we're just using airline points to get to and from uh, our main destination, like you know, long international flights and then in expensive places for hotels. And uh, that's pretty much how we prioritize it. Yeah, in the past, um, we've taken one, we took one long trip in 2018 where we flew from the US to Europe and then we worked our way across Europe and then into Asia and then we flew back from Asia to the US. So these were really big ticket items, right? Like very expensive flights if you were paying cash to get from the US to Europe and then from Asia back to the US. So we used um, credit card points strategically for that. We had been saving them up um, by doing a sign-up offer. So you get the best bang for your buck by doing a sign-up offer. So like for example, I think we were using at that time um, the Delta Sky Miles card. Um, I think it was called the was it a chase card? That's a chase card. No, right? it's American Express. That's Delta American Express. Um, so we had saved up. Uh, we signed up for the the bonus. It's like you sign up and you have a spending requirement. It's usually maybe three thousand in three months, and then you'll get one lump sum of points rather than just being like a lot of people will ask us like, well, do you maintain loyalty to one? airline or one credit card. There's some people who might be like, I'm a United person. I just have my United card. I spend everything on my United card and I get points throughout the year. Well, that's okay, but you're not going to get the biggest bang for your buck like that. So instead we'll sign up for like one card, do the spending in three months, get a huge amount of points and then just save it. So we started doing this in 2015 and for like three years we were just racking up points. A um, lot of points, like over a million points in that time. Period. So we had racked up hotel points for different hotel chains. We had racked up airline points for different airlines, and then we were just saving them for the right time. So like, like I said, we got a free one-way ticket for both of us from the U.S. to Europe. A free another one-way ticket from Asia back to the U.S. Then the next year in 2019, we went back to Europe. So we did a one-way into one part of Europe and a one-way back from Europe to the U.S. Yep. We paid completely with points. We've not paid out of pocket for those flights. Yeah, and uh, we are not picky at all about like which points we use or anything like that. We just, whatever we can get the best value from for the flight that we're taking. So we've flown international on Delta, United, American Airlines, pretty much every airline, um, wherever we can get you know the best redemption value or wherever we have the most points that we need to use. So we, um, we try to be strategic with it, but you know, mostly it's based on what's available at the time. Yeah, and so like for domestic travel, we recently last year, or I guess maybe in 2020, got the Southwest card and Jared was able to qualify for the companion pass. Which Thomas just said he got his companion pass. Too. Nice. 
So the companion pass, if you guys aren't familiar with that, is basically buy one, get one free for you and a companion if you qualify. So you, Jared will pay for his um, either with cash or with points, whichever you have, and then you get the other, the companion free. So that was really helpful for doing some domestic travel within the U.S. and you can even go to places like the Caribbean and Mexico. And Hawaii now. Okay, yeah, that's right, because I think we did fly within Hawaii, yes. Southwest. I don't think we were able to line up yeah. um, a flight from Virginia to um, Hawaii just because of the location of Southwest. Um, so they only fly out of certain places, and we didn't have a convenient um, airport nearby that had Southwest, So, but we did fly with between the islands, yep. which was um, super helpful. And then Thomas was asking about how much we're paying for Airbnbs. Um, so... The way we used to plan trips is I would go and try to find the very lowest cost Airbnbs and then Whitney would tell me that it was unreasonable and then we would meet somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Nowadays, um, I, you know, cost is not nearly as big of a factor as it used to be. So nowadays I just pretty much let Whitney go and pick whatever Airbnb she wants and I just go with it. It's, it's easier <laughs> that way. Um, so we're spending happy a wife, bit. happy life. Yes. Although we're not married, but we yeah. have been together for like nine years, so um, it's but... much easier that way. And um, <laughs> and so we're spending a little bit more. So I would say probably on average, maybe after taxes and fees, we're probably spending like sixty dollars a night, which is quite a bit for us. Um, if you followed our Asia trip or our Europe trip, I only spent like thirty-eight dollars a day in total. Um, Per day on average for the whole trip in Asia. So spending like $30 each on an Airbnb is quite a bit for us, but uh, like I said, it's not as big of a deal as it used to be. So, But with um, that said, it depends on what you're looking for in yeah. an Airbnb. So we could still be traveling that same way. And back 2018, 2019, we were trying to keep costs as low as possible. So we were willing to rent a room in a house as, as an Airbnb, like get an Airbnb where it's just a room in somebody's house. Because back then we were mainly do outside seeing all the time. We were walking miles and miles and miles each day, doing tours every day. We were spending very little time in the room. And so we didn't mind to stay in a room in somebody's house as long as it had good reviews and everything. And that's where we could keep our costs really low. I think yeah. in Asia we spent like sometimes like $10 a night. There was, a, there was one place in Asia, I always talk about this, that was, uh, I think it was $7 a night. Um, that we stayed in like a private room in a hostel so which it was like a hostel but it was more just like a budget hotel like a two-star hotel where we had our own room but there were lots of backpackers there and stuff so it depends on what type of travel you want to do now if we were still doing those types of trips we might still be okay with that however what's different this year is our business has picked up a lot and so now we actually do have to spend a little bit more time each week in the room doing business so having our own like workspace is really important to us now. So we're way more inclined now to rent an entire unit rather than a room in a house so that we at least have like a sitting area. So like right yeah. now, we're renting um, what I would call like an in-law suite on somebody's property here in Guatemala. So we have a- This, this looks like it'd be an outdoor window, but it's actually our bedroom back there. Yeah. So it's like an efficiency separated by- So a there's a bedroom, there's a washer dryer, there's a bathroom, there's a kitchenette, and there's a table that we're sitting at. Um, in the kitchen so we at least have a little bit of extra workspace and there's like a couch and a table in the bedroom to a sitting area so we have just chosen to up our budget a little bit to have a little bit more comfort yeah and uh, to be honest um, there was definitely times in that Asia trip where I would uh, convince Whitney to go somewhere that was really really low cost and then in, I would it was not the best experience but then I'd have to pretend like it was a really good experience so that she wouldn't be so mad at me and uh, so yeah it was um, I don't think traveling as cheaply as possible is always the best option well uh, and we've learned a lot too about like what amenities we really like now that we've traveled so much so I read a lot of reviews and I'll be like 
just say hot shower because you'd be surprised like in a lot of um, developing countries or third world countries if you will that hot water is not super easy to come by and you'll get a shower that's like a trickle yeah um, so for example on these people's property it's it's really nice um, they're extremely nice local Guatemalan people but I can tell that both the sinks only have cold water and they have a, a special shower head that's in there that produces what the host called hot water it's very lukewarm and so I'm not definitely I'm definitely not like super comfortable <laughs> with the um, amenities here but you know we're very spoiled yeah sure. so but what I'm saying is like you'll learn as you travel more about like what's important to you and what's not and what to look for in the reviews so I still usually like on Airbnb you can filter it by what's important to you I usually filter like Wi-Fi and kitchen or whatever yeah that's a big thing too is Wi-Fi now it used to be not as big of a deal at all like if it didn't have great Wi-Fi I was like oh it's kind of a bummer but not a huge deal but now we have to have good Wi-Fi because you know we're constantly responding to emails and messages and uh, making videos and doing right. things like that. And so with that said, I still try to keep within somewhat of a budget. I'll look on like the lower end of the price range. Once I pick the amenities that we want, I'll start on the lower end and be looking at the rooms that are 40 and $50 a night. But then if we end up in the 60, $75 range, it's like, well, yeah. you know. So anyway, hope that answers your question. <laughs> Maybe a little more detail than you wanted. So. If any of you guys um, have any more questions about our Latin America trip or just international travel in general, please let us know. Um, if you are watching later on the replay, you can either leave a comment and ask a question on the video. We'll go back and look at it later or feel free to send us a private message if you'd like. Yep. So hopefully the rest of the trip will go smoothly. Uh, hopefully we got all of the, the, the bad luck. Um, it wasn't really that bad, but the bad luck we had out of the way early on. And um, yeah, things well, will go smoothly from now. And hopefully we have some COVID antibodies in addition to our vaccine now. Yeah. So I, I mean, obviously you can always get another variant. But, so this um, is, uh, we've had the vaccine and I had COVID twice now. So hopefully, hopefully that's the end of it, but we'll see. I guess we'll see, but um, yeah, hopefully the rest of the trip will go smoothly. Um, we'll be posting about it on, um, especially Instagram. I post a lot of pictures on Instagram. So if you're not following us on there, it's at Travel Therapy Mentor. I usually post a lot of stories throughout the day. Um, and we'll post updates every now and then, yep. but, um, we'll try to get back on a regular schedule with videos here soon. We have some pertinent travel therapy topics that we want to talk about coming up. Yeah. We just haven't had quite as much time and also we were sick and yeah. And we're, we're kind of, so we've got some, uh, articles backlogged, um, got some articles done while we were back home. Some pretty good topics that we got get a lot of questions on and we kind of want to release the article and the video at the same time to explain it, answer any questions that people have about the article. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'll um, get some good content out there for you guys. Absolutely. Um, and then one last announcement, we are running a sale on our online course right now. So if anybody is watching this, if you're newer to travel therapy, if you're thinking about getting started, um, we do have an online course that's titled Becoming a Financially Successful Travel Therapist. We took all of our years of experience and knowledge and put it into 12 hours of video that takes you straight through from A to Z exactly what to do to get started. Um, and we talk about some of these financial strategies to make the most out of travel therapy to be financially successful. Um, it's been one year since we released our course, so we're running a sale. Um, the sale code is anniversary um, because it's our one year anniversary of the course. That sale does end on Sunday, this Sunday, the 27th. So if you want to take advantage of that sale, it's 40% off. Um, so it's a really great deal right now. If you're Even if you're not ready to start until later this year, um, you can buy the course now and start it whenever you're ready. You'll have access to it.
Yep. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.